Hello everyone, you are listening to Vibrations, Episode 6. So, with all that out of the way, on with the show. (laughs) Oh, Ceres, look at the situation you've put yourself into. You couldn't let the situation play out. Had to rush in on your own and make a mess of things. Look at yourself, did you even consider the ramifications on what that tech could do to your body? I know full well the after effects of the green light tech. Thank you for your concern, Pastor. Well, for someone who is so intelligent, you didn't have much of a plan. That unsanctioned and, may I say, crude lab you had in the outskirts would not have served your purpose of understanding Adam's physiology. You have acted against the church and everything it stands for. I should have arrested you immediately. (laughs) You won't, though. Or better yet, you can't. These researchers you have working around the clock don't even know what tests to run. You're going to trust the biggest discovery in the world to them? (laughs) You and your bureaucrat, your success is built off the backs of so many others. You take the credit away from all the research staff at that facility, and you keep it for yourself. Whatever you plan to have, I'm sure will be a waste of Adam's potential. (sighs) It's true, Professor, that I don't have your skill and talent in the lab, but I do have a way of getting things done. Patience is a virtue series. Remember that. What you did, betraying not only my trust, but Adam's as well, is unthinkable to me. However... Sometimes one's darkest actions can lead to the most enlightening path. I will monitor Adam, but leave him to his own devices for the time being. There may be something he recognizes or something he is innately drawn to. Is there anything else, Ceres? I've just been alerted to a situation that needs my attention. Just one more thing. How did I get here? Back to the church compound. You were unconscious when a good citizen found you. The police alerted the church and we came to get you. A monitoring bracelet has been attached to you. Needless to say, you will still be working here, albeit with considerable restrictions. All right, rest up and make a speedy recovery. Your next assignment will be waiting for you when you are able. You don't understand. This doesn't change how I feel about you, right? I will take the lead on the test with Adam. Ugh, I can't stand that man. After studying myself, I took in the surroundings. I almost dropped the resonator while doing so. This was going to be a little trickier than I thought. I tucked it tightly in my waistband of my jeans. From what I'm told, as long as I'm in contact with it, I should stay put in this universe. Agent Hawkins walked up from behind me. He had his resonator wrapped around his upper right arm with a long, thin leather strap. I've seen something like this before from old rabbis wearing them around their arms, holding a box of prayers written on small pieces of paper. It looked weird but seemed to work pretty well. He made me hold my resonator against my arm while securing it like his. Then he clicked his timer function on his watch. We were ready to explore, but for how long was anyone's guess? Okay, Caleb, let's make the most of the time we have. The clock is ticking. Remember, this is more of a test run than anything. We don't need to get reckless. Calibrating these resonators for longer trips in the future relies on us. We need to record what happens, got it? 
The area we arrived in was hard to describe. It appeared to be a residential area with single-family houses made of something like a stucco material. Narrow roadways stretched from one property to the next. Things that looked like they could be vehicles hovered a foot off the ground near some of the buildings. Hawkins was scanning the area as well. He pointed out what looked like a city center off in the distance and motioned for me to follow him. Just then, a family walked out of one of the houses. They looked human and they spoke, was that English? What are the chances? It's like some eerie Twilight Zone episode. We walked along a main road towards the city center. Hawkins didn't want to draw attention, so we kept our walk at a brisk, casual pace. Some hover vehicles passed us that smelt awful, but were completely silent. A larger vehicle approached, which I assumed served as a bus. Surprisingly, it stopped in the middle of the road next to us, with its lights flashing. You guys need a ride into Stream Sky City? Sure, me and my buddy here would appreciate it. Thanks. Hawkins pointed to a sign that said all public transit was funded by the church. He shrugged his shoulders and sat back in his seat. I guess we'll hope for the best then. Beats walking. I leaned against the bus window and watched the scenery go by as we made our way towards the center of Stream Sky City. Hey Hawkins, what are you writing? You've been scribbling in that notepad ever since we got here. All I've been doing is taking some pictures with my phone. Yeah, make sure it's discreet. We can't let our tech stand out. In the small amount of time that we've been here, I can assess our technology is superior to theirs. These floating cars are cute, but I don't think they're all that powerful or efficient. This planet must have a strong magnetic field for them to function. The atmosphere seems almost identical to ours. I don't feel any different from back home. Not to mention they speak perfect English, which may be the most bizarre thing going on here. Anyway, these are the type of things I'm running down. Their observations. We're like Lewis and Clark or Magellan. Get the idea? I want you to do the same, Caleb. Literally any information you can record can be useful. There are no right or wrong answers. Just whatever you feel is relevant. Understand? Right. Understood. So, this Stream Sky City seems to be the hub of the area. We could learn some more there. In regard to Adam, though, I have a bad feeling. What is it? He crossed over with me in Massachusetts. We crossed over in Africa. That's thousands of miles away on Earth. I'm assuming it's also thousands of miles away from this planet too. I don't want to be negative, but we don't have much of a chance of finding him. I do see your point. But after seeing how developed this place is, it's unlikely Adam's appearance has gone unnoticed. We'll just have to hope for the best and learn as we go. We arrived at a bus station in the middle of the city center. It was nice here with a lot of activity. The everyday hustle and bustle made me realize how similar our worlds are. After looking around for a few minutes, we noticed ads and signs for this thing called the Vibration Stone. Everywhere you turn, there it is. Hawkins wandered over to the transit schedule. Trips to and from it are happening all day, every half hour. Excuse me, miss? Have you ever been to the Vibration Stone? Well, of course. I visit every week. I've experienced crossover five times. It's just wonderful. I'm so thankful the cicadas are able to access the stone in all its glory. Part of me is a little jealous of them. So, you've never been to the stone? 
We haven't, but looking forward to it. I've actually crossed over twice myself. It really is something. Wonderful. But I thought everyone in the world has been to the Vibration Stone. You must be from the Poles. Am I right? Really? You need to get out more. I knew a guy who moved there, and it scrambled his brain to where he forgot how to read. Tragic. Really, it was. Anyway. Since I thought, this stone has almost religious importance. It's tied in with the cicadas, too. Yeah, that lady was intense. This vibration stone seems like it's a big deal. I guess we have no choice but to see for ourselves. I ended up falling asleep on the train. I wasn't sure for how long, but the bell from the radio woke me up. She gave another update on the crossover into this universe. Not much has changed. I could see Stream Sky City from the window. Son of a bitch! It's the same city I came from with Professor Ceres. This train must have gone in a big circle. I didn't want to go back in the lion's den, but the city was big and I could blend in there. I was starving too. The doors of the train opened at the station. As I exited, a group of young students walked by with some adults, chatting excitedly about seeing the Vibration Stone. They must be on a field trip. To them, this must be like going to the Vatican for Catholics. It feels like much more than that, though. It must be reassuring for your belief to have physical proof. The Vibration Stone is a functioning, supernatural object you can see. No faith involved. I'm starting to see why an entire planet follows this thing. After that philosophical moment, my brain hurt. I needed something to eat. I had no idea what kind of currency this place took, so I had to get creative. I remembered seeing those sandwiches at a vendor before I left. I would love to grab one of those. I found a shop and went in. Hello, sir. Welcome to Capola Sammy's. What can I get for you? Um, I would love to get something, but I don't seem to have payment. Is there any other way I could pay for a sandwich? Do you have your tax card? You can tell how much something will cost by scanning it. The more the church takes from your pay, the less you pay here. So, do you have it? A line is forming behind you, sir. <laughs> no, I don't. Hey, young man, I'm in a hurry, so I'll cover you. Just pay it forward if you don't mind. Oh, thanks a lot. I definitely will. Okay, um, let's see. I'll have your most popular sandwich and a bottle of water. Okay, well, that was awkward, but I got my sandwich. I never participated in that pay-it-forward stuff. It happened to me a couple times. I don't know how long the pay-it-forward chain of cars went, but I always broke it by just saying thank you and taking my free order. I know, that's bad karma. As I left the shop, I noticed a woman and a man together in a beige uniform with a patch on the shoulder. On the patch was this pair of insect wings, the same symbol I saw at the church with Pastor Cobalt. There was another woman with the same uniform across the street. I couldn't help but feel like they were watching me. Oh well. If they wanted to take me in, they could do it any time they wanted. I decided to go visit the Vibration Stone. Somehow, in my head I can tell what it looks like. About four meters long and two meters tall, oblong in shape, rough in texture, with a deep indent a half meter left of center. There is a slight blue metallic iridescence in sections, with matted light and dark gray covering the rest. This description came to me in less than a second. 
I had an uneasy feeling I wasn't making up these details. I wasn't imagining anything. This really is what the stone looks like. It's the center of attention of this entire planet, and it's high time I go and see it. Brazil, year 2308, from a 10th grade history class textbook, Chapter 5, Disasters of Rio de Janeiro. Life on a planet relies on countless factors. Many are obvious. However, some are taken for granted so greatly, little is ever taught about them. Solar winds and other types of space weather can create deadly radiation to any living organism. In the late 20th century, Aerosol cans and refrigerant chemicals contained chlorofluorocarbons, CFCs for short. This seemingly inert compound on the ground level became highly reactive once reaching Earth's ozone layer. The bubble of O3 was being disassembled by the CFCs, allowing radiation from the sun to penetrate the atmosphere. Higher rates of skin cancer and other consequences came as a result. The cause of the ozone depletion in this case was caught relatively quickly and the layer mended itself over time. But, what if the reason these deadly rays penetrating our atmosphere was not so easily remedied? A separate phenomenon started being tracked in the early 20th century, and no one could have predicted the effect it had in southern South America. A completely natural reaction, the North and South Poles have shifted and flipped over a hundred times during the Earth's lifespan. Every two or three hundred thousand years this happened on average. That being said, the last pole shift was estimated to be 750,000 years ago. Since long overdue, magnetic field strength was weakening quickly over South America and South Africa. A second North and South Pole was emerging, strengthening the magnetic field in other parts of the world, but erasing it entirely over the majority of Brazil, Uruguay, and Argentina. Changes were slow to develop, but geologically speaking, it happened quickly. It took almost 200 years for the magnetic field to deplete. This gradually caused devastating effects. Satellites were no longer protected by the field. No longer being repelled, the charged particles of solar winds and cosmic rays made short work of its electronic components. The ozone layer was next. Stripping away every last O3 molecule made life impossible, creating a barren wasteland similar to the surface of Mars. Walls were constructed around the infected area, laced with large amounts of highly magnetic element called neodymium. This angled the deadly rays away and somewhat relieved neighboring areas. As of today, this large section of the world is quarantined. Once the magnetic field returns, so does the ozone layer. The solution is simple, but sadly, mankind doesn't have the means. Until it does, we will have to wait hundreds of millennia for Earth to heal itself.
You've been listening to Vibrations, Episode 6, written and directed by William Coppola, produced by Daniel Landini, tunes provided by Sunshine Music, voice talents in order of appearance, William Coppola, Sarah Landini, Matthew Welter, Daniel Landini, and Heather Welter. See you guys next time.